now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here, as always, with my good buddy, Rich Hill, to break down Patriots, Bills, and all things Week 8 in the National Football League. Rich, I don't know if you noticed this, but 2020 is almost over, and the NFL season is halfway over. What the hell happened? That's crazy. I, I feel like we just started the season. I feel like the whole COVID break for the Patriots really just put a whole just gaping confusion point in what time it actually is in the season because yeah. it felt like they had a preseason before covid and then uh they had a second preseason once they had cam newton back so i have no idea of what is going on with this league i honestly when you said it was week eight i was like that can't be right yeah no it's true i think a lot of it also is because as patriots fans usually by week eight we're like all right patriots have already got the AFCs locked up uh let's start talking about playoff seedings but <laughs> not so much <laughs> this year but that's okay. Uh, Pat's Bills, pretty good matchup coming up. Bills are the best team in the AFC East. We're going to break that down in a minute. But first, I'd like to go around the league. Rich Hill, uh, for me personally, the game of the week is happening on uh, on 1 o'clock. It's the Steelers-Ravens. The rivalry is back. Two very good teams this year. Should be a good one. Yeah, the Steelers are undefeated at 6-0. and Ravens are 5-1. and Lamar Jackson has completely regressed from last season, and he's only been kind of an average guy, but uh, you know, it's in Baltimore. Anything can happen. I think that this is a very good Steelers team. I don't think they're as good as their 6-0 record shows, um, but they have a great defense. They have one of the best defenses in the league, so this is going to be, as always, a very hard-fought battle between those two teams. I'm kind of hoping for the the Ravens, but who knows? Maybe the, the Steelers will pull that one out on the road, uh, but that's kind of the only good game this week. <laughs> I think if you look around the rest of the schedule, you get complete mismatches up and up around the board. Uh, you have the five and one Titans on the road against the one five and one Bengals. You have the one and five Vikings on the road against the five and one Packers. You have the beautiful game of the week with the zero and seven Jets on the road against the six and one Chiefs. And Alec, uh, you also have the five and two Bucks on the road against the one and six Giants. I want to talk about this Jets Chiefs game just to get your opinion on uh, what will the final score be, and how will the Chiefs be able to score sixty points? So, as a young Patriots fan, as a young kid back in the early 90s, uh, every once in a while, uh, when I was playing John Madden football in 1993, just for fun, I would pick the all-Madden team, and I'd put them against the New England Patriots, and I'd be the Madden team, just to see how many points I could score, different ways I could score, just like a fun break from playing Madden, and I feel like that's going to happen here. It's basically the all-Madden team versus the 1992 New England Patriots happening right now, and I imagine this one will be over by halftime, and I'm hoping what the Chiefs decide to do is try and score on a running touchdown, a passing touchdown, a quarterback sneak, a punt return for a touchdown, a kick return for a touchdown, a blocked punt for a touchdown, and a blocked field goal for a touchdown. I imagine... <laughs> No team's ever done all of those things for their first 35 points. That's really cool to see. Yeah, you got to collect that Xbox achievement in real life. Uh, and Andy, right. Andy Reid's totally going to do that. Um, but yeah, no, this is an awful, awful, awful Jets team that, you know, last year we were talking about how the Patriots defense could find hilarious ways to, you know, force turnovers and get the ball and whatever is going to happen this week. I feel like with this Jets team, it's going to be what absolutely historic 
awful thing is going to happen to them this week. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see the Chiefs do it this time. <laughs> but uh, the Patriots will get their chance against the Jets later this year. But first, they have to get past this Buffalo Bills team, uh, who are currently the best team in the division, which is weird to say. The, the Patriots are 2-4 and four in kind of a do-or-die situation, where if they don't win against this Bills team here, they are more than likely eliminated from the AFC East contention. And they, as we talked about on the Tuesday podcast, more than likely have to consider, all right, is it worth competing for the rest of this year from a playoff standpoint, or should we try to get the younger players more experience and position us for next season? But you look at this uh, Buffalo Bills team, Alec. Why are they so much better this year compared to previous seasons? Yeah, that's a good question. And to be honest, Rich, I'd love to get your opinion on this as well. Like, I, I think the Bills are obviously a better team. There's no knocking that in terms of how they played in their record. But I also feel like we're at the point in the NFL season where – Every time a Bills team is good, they wake up one day and we're like, oh, wait a minute. We're the Buffalo Bills. This isn't how we do things. And they start to regress uh, a significant amount. I think they have very good skill players at the receiver position. Stephon Diggs has been a really nice addition to them. Uh, I really wish Cole Beasley was a Patriot. seems like the perfect kind of Patriot. Um, but I, I think that's a, that's a good uh, one, too. They have decent tight ends. Uh, I like Tyler Croft, personally. I think he's a, he's a underrated tight end of the Rutgers. Josh Allen has been really good to start the season, but has kind of fallen off over the past game or two. So while they are the best team in the AFC East, and credit where credit is due, I also feel like they're not as good as the record indicates. I completely agree with you. I mean, you, you look at how they started the season. They beat the Jets. They beat the Dolphins. They beat the Rams and the Raiders. But they beat the Rams barely. They beat the Dolphins barely. These were coin flip games. And they just happened to win those ones. And then once they started to play actual good teams like the Titans and Chiefs, they got crushed. And, you know, over the past three weeks, they've put up 16 points, 17 points. And then it's like, okay, those were against the Titans and against the Chiefs. Those are very good teams. And then they put up a stinker 18 points against the New York Jets. So I think that this is a Bills team that was fortunate with an early season schedule. Josh Allen has absolutely regressed. And you look at their upcoming schedule. They have the Patriots, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, a surprisingly good Chargers team, the 49ers and the Steelers with a bye week in the middle of that and then you add another Patriots and Dolphins game at the end of it uh, you know we could even throw in the Broncos they have a very difficult schedule to close out the season and this is a team that you know surprise surprise they have a negative point differential so <laughs> this is a team that uh, they're definitely outplaying what their their record shows uh, or sorry they're underperforming what their record shows they're they're out winning how they've actually performed and I think they're record is going to reflect their actual skill level for the rest of the season and they're more of like a nine and seven team and that's absolutely fine because this is an AFC East where that might be good enough to win yeah no it's true nine and seven could be the division winner this year we'll have to see what happens uh, I personally Rich think that the strength of this Bills team is in their receiving core uh, even though Josh Allen has regressed however while I feel the Patriots' secondary matches up very well against these receivers, I imagine you put uh, Gilmore on Stephon Diggs and you put uh, Jason Jackson, Jonathan Jones on Cole Beasley, and you just need to bracket him with a with a linebacker, and that's kind of going to be a passing attack stymied. I wonder, given the Patriots' history in the past couple weeks, especially against the run with Devin Singletary and T.J. Yeldon, who are good running backs, not great, 
Uh, I wonder if the Bills are just going to run the ball down the Patriots' throat and with the occasional Josh Allen bootleg or scramble in there, another 150, 200-yard rushing day for the opposing team, and the Patriots have very little offensive possessions. Yeah, I mean, that's how I would approach it if I were the Buffalo Bills. I would say, all right, we have good receivers, but yeah, as you said, Alec, the Patriots' run defense is not great. They, they were absolutely gashed by Kyle Shanahan's offense with the 49ers, and I don't really see that changing this time around. The Patriots don't have linebackers, so the cavalry isn't coming back in. They're very shallow on the defensive line so why wouldn't the bills try and do that again they are also built to win that way they are built to win low possession grinded out time of possession games where their defense is going to only allow field goals in the red zone and so yeah i mean if i were the bills or you know if i would try to say uh we have john brown back this week he is going to try and stretch the field as the deep threat you have Diggs as well who's one of the best deep ball receivers in the league and cole beasley who's one of the best slot receivers you match up well for one of those, let's run it and take a few home run shots. And with the Patriots, they typically are built on defense to avoid letting up those big plays. And so if you were Steve Belichick, how would you match up your defensive backs against these Bills receivers? Yeah, now I do think that Stefan Gilmore and Stefan Diggs is a is a good matchup. I think that's who I would who I place one on one, put them on an island. Um, if you want to bring some safety help with McCourty to take away the deep ball, I would do that. And cover one is probably the way to go. I, I think we are. I would personally trust the Patriots secondary one-on-one against the Bills receivers and concentrate my attention on maybe like a big dime. Is that, is that a thing? A big dime package? Oh, yeah. Have like six DBs with, with two safety, Kyle Duggar and Adrian Phillips in the box to help against the run. And and you have these these, these safeties and, and DBs on, a, on an island because I feel like if the Patriots can do something that seems to avoid – they've been avoiding this year, which is score points – and the Bills have to start throwing the ball to catch up. That's going to be very bold well for the Patriots. But if the Bills get ahead by, say, 10, and they can just lean on the run forever, uh, I don't think the Patriots are built to come from behind anymore. Uh, they're not really the Tom Brady team of old, where if they're down 10 points in the fourth quarter, that's not a problem. They have to be at least within a score all the time, and the, they have to make the, the uh, offense one-dimensional. And they have to do that by making Josh Allen throw it, who's regressed, as you said. So I am focusing on stopping the run, stopping the run, stopping the run, and relying on J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones, Stephon Gilmore to do their job one-on-one, and hopefully that will result in a rare a rare victory for the Patriots in 2020. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I, I think that's the right approach, especially when you look at this Bills roster and, you know, just really terrible luck of the draw here. Uh, the, almost their entire tight end room is on the COVID reserves list. Uh, you know, uh, Lee Smith is on there. Uh, Dawson Knox is on there as well. So they have Tyler Croft, who is a fine receiving tight end. I mean, whatever. He's nothing to really write home about. But Dawson Knox is really their highly athletic res- tight, receiving tight end that they wanted out there. So without having a good blocking tight end, that makes the the Bills more reliant on their receivers to win. And it also helps the Patriots because the Bills can't be as flexible with their rushing attack where you have that tight end and you force the Patriots to have a, a lighter defense with a safety in there. So the Patriots can match up a little bit better. And I like what you said. I, I, I would put Gilmore on digs as well uh, with John Brown back. I would put JC Jackson on John Brown because Jackson's the best deep ball corner uh, in for the Patriots and possibly in the entire league. And so I think that's a good matchup with some possible turnover opportunities. Uh, and, th- and then you would put Jason McCourty against Cole Beasley. I do have a thought. 
and it involves putting Adrian Phillips in at the the linebacker safety hybrid role, and it's putting Jonathan Jones and Devin McCourty as your two deep safeties because they both have exceptional speed. They both have the ability to force turnovers, and I think that that is a good way to both negate the speed of the receivers of the Bills while not sacrificing coverage ability, uh, and you'll have some of your best players out there, and that allows you know to stay a little bit heavier on the front because if I were the Patriots, absolutely, as you said, I would be trying to stop Devin Singletary on first down and on second down because that's what the Bills are going to try and do. And if the Patriots can force them into third and long situations throughout the day, the Patriots are going to have a lot of success. And so with that, my X factor is going to be Chase Woodovich, who has been kind of disappearing over the last couple of weeks. He was benched due to a mental mistake last week against the 49ers. He didn't play much against the Broncos. And Belichick said that he will have the same role moving forward as he had earlier in the season. So it didn't really answer that. And it was mostly matchups was why he didn't play as much. But Winovich is the Patriots' best defensive player in the defensive front that they have uh, next to Lawrence Guy. And if Winovich is not available to play, then the Bills are going to have a lot more success. But if Winovich can play and he plays as well as he did at the beginning of the season, the Patriots are going to have a chance. Man, I don't know if Jonathan Jones ever played safety before. That'd be really cool to see. Uh, I mean, I imagine there's a big difference. It seems very subtle to us casual fans, but cornerback and safety, it's hard transition to make. That'd be really cool because right now, Gavin McCourty is really the only I mean, true, pure, decent, viable safety they have. And it'd be cool to have another safety blanket out there because if he goes down for whatever reason, uh, it's a huge, huge problem. Um, I'm going to stay on near the offensive line. I don't know if I can make the entire linebacking core my X factor, but I think it's, been a, a, it's very glaringly obvious that Dante Hightower is not playing this year. Uh, I think Jawan Bentley is fine. He's playing well, but I don't think he's like a – team captain, Dante Hightower, moldable player, and it's not his fault, but I really think if the Pages are going to have any success against the Bills and future teams, especially teams that want to run the ball, the linebackers have to start playing better. I don't know exactly what they're going to be able to do about it, but I would like to see more development out of them. I'd like to see them help out in the first level. I'd like to see them read the stretch runs a little better. So hopefully whatever happened this week with their second, Rich, second consecutive multi-practice week uh, of the season, um, hopefully the linebackers room broke down the film of the last debacle against the 49ers and this, this, the lateral runs, the stretch runs won't be, won't be a thing anymore and the linebackers kind of step it up. So it may be a little cheating, but I'm going linebackers as my X factor. No, that's fair. I mean, how the linebackers go is usually how this Patriots defense goes. So I like that a lot. Um, but yeah, if, if the Patriots are able to stifle this Bills rushing attack, I think that they'll have a real shot to win uh, just because I think Josh Allen is still a boom-bust quarterback. He's been more accurate. They've been doing a great job putting him in positions to succeed this year, but I, I still think that there are opportunities for Bill Belichick to disguise coverages and make it more difficult for Allen to throw the ball. So simplify the game for the defense by you know stopping the run. But all of this only works, Alec, if the offense of the Patriots is able to put up points, which is huge because I was talking about how bad the Bills' offense has been over the past three weeks, uh, and those were against teams like the Titans, the, the Chiefs, and then the Jets. The Patriots also... Uh, have put up stinkers in the past three weeks, and they've been even worse than the Bills. They put up 10, 12, and 6, which is one of the worst three-game stretches I can remember for the New England Patriots. So if you're going against this Bills defense, who, you know, they've not been great this year, but they've historically been very good under Sean McDermott. They have a lot of talent at every level. They have, it for my book, one of the best safety duos in the league in Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. They have a really good, solid, I mean, honestly, top three cornerback in the league in Tredavious White. They have some 
really good coverage linebackers to eliminate the Patriots running backs as receivers in Tremaine Edwards and Matt Milano, although Milano's a little dinged up. And they have talent up front with Jerry Hughes as a solid pass rusher, Ed Oliver as a very, very good interior defensive tackle. So what are you doing if you're Josh McDaniels with Cam Newton? How are you going to attack Spill's defense? Well, I mean, the real question, and not the question from McDaniels, is not what are you doing, is what, what can you do? Like, what are you capable of doing with Julian Edelman, who will be out? Uh, he may be going on IR <clears throat> for a decent amount of time. Who knows how bad the knee surgery is? Nikhil Harry's dealing with a concussion. He's, his, his head hurts. I don't know how available he'll be. That leaves the number one receiver, Demir Bird. Jacoby Myers, maybe he's your number one, number two guys. They're both good receivers, but they're not number one receivers. And then you've got James White as your receiving back. And that's pretty much it. Um, so I think you have to basically get really creative. I don't know how many times you can run Damian Harris and Rex Burkett and motion Rex Burkett <laughs> out for the quick passes. But, like, I just can't think of, based on the personnel available to them at the skill positions, how many options they really have. So maybe we'll see a return to the Miami Dolphins style of, of attack where Newton ran the ball a lot. The read option was pretty big. But teams seem to have figured out the Cam Newton-based read option. And when he's throwing the ball as poorly as he is, I don't know how much respect they really have for it. So I'm hoping it'll be a one of those games where they just grind out the clock with positive runs. And Damian Harris and Rex Burkhead and James White and the running backs have huge days. Oh, I like that. I mean, I think you got to play to your strengths against this Bills team, uh, especially, as you said, Edelman's out. But maybe with Joe Tooney's uh, availability just, like, completely uncertain, uh, how does that affect the Patriots' offensive line? You know, rookie Michael Nwenu has been outstanding. I think he would slot in right well at that left guard spot. But as you said, you can't win a game in this NFL with only running backs out there if you're just – the receivers have to step up, right? It's the fact that Demir Bird is the number one receiver and Edelman is going to be unavailable. Uh, who knows with Nikhil Harry out there. Would you turn the keys of the offense over to Gunnar Olszewski and Jacoby Myers? Would you get the rookie tight ends more included and available? What are you going to do in order to you know, make it so the Bills don't just stack the box against the Patriots running backs every single snap? I mean, Rich, I mean, how many times have we just said throw the rookie tight ends the ball? They have, like, it finally happened. Dalton Keene caught one last week, so that's a big win for the Patriots, I suppose. But I, I've always heard from everybody who knows more about football than me, like, if you have an inexperienced offense or a, a weaker offense or a quarterback who's struggling, screen passes and tight ends, that, that's what you want to get the ball to because they're safety blanket, they can help chip block, they're always kind of the check down guys, and, and I don't know why they're not getting – the rookie tight end involved more. I'm going with Devin Asiasi again as my X Factor. I can stick with this until I'm right. I've decided he was inactive last week. I'm not sure if he's injured, if he'll be active this week or not, but if he's on the field, why not just throw him the ball? I don't get it, Rich. Oh, I completely agree. I, you need to get these tight ends involved because Cam Newton has always been at his best when he has a tight end as his best friend. Greg Olson has historically been that, and there hasn't been a tight end to emerge for the Patriots at that point. And, you know, no one's as talented as Greg Olson on this Patriots team. So, uh, you know, we'll have to take what they can get. But um, honestly, I, I think that uh, you have to get them involved because there's no one else because uh, Demir Bird is your number one option. And without Edelman out there, he's going to be even more covered. So uh, in, in my books, Demir Bird is going to be my X factor. I think that he has to at least 
catch some things. You know, he was kind of a ghost against the 49ers, um, and it's going to be even more difficult with Edelman out. So whoever can help support and take over this offense, Bird is going to have the most opportunities. I think that Myers is going to produce, and he's not going to let go of that number two receiver spot, honestly. Uh, and I think Olszewski might get a few looks in there, as well as Isaiah Zuber. But I think Bird is the player who has been in the offense enough that he should have enough of a rapport with Cam Newton to produce a little bit. So we'll see about that. We will. Uh, it's going to be an interesting game. <clears throat> I uh, don't know what to think. This is a really weird situation where the Patriots playing the Bills, and I'm like, all right, that should be an easy win. But uh, here we find ourselves. Uh, speaking of easy wins, you got an easy win last week in predictions. Cause I had the Patriots waking up from the schlobber knocking they took with the plans of the Broncos and getting that off the schneid and showing the world they're still the Patriots. <laughs> Samson night. I was way <laughs> off. Uh, you picked the Niners to win and win big, so you get the first pick. Patriots are at Buffalo, 1 o'clock p.m. Who you got, Rich? Oh, man. I, I think well, from what I was saying on Tuesday, I, I think that it's going to be very difficult for the Patriots for the rest of the season. That said, I'm going to choose the Patriots here. I think that the defense responds well to how they played against the 49ers. They're a bunch of professionals on that side of the ball. They, they know that they messed up. They made a lot of mental errors, and that's not going to happen two games in a row so long as Devin McCourty is on that defense. You know, so long as Bill Belichick is calling the shots, that defense is going to get itself sorted out. So this defense will rally. They'll force a bunch of turnovers in my mind. My guess is that they'll get at least two interceptions, maybe three turnovers on the day. I think they'll do their best to get the ball in the hands of the Patriots. Patriots offense and I don't think that the offense is going to put up a lot of points I think this will be a close game and maybe it'll come down to the final drive but I imagine that the Patriots are going to win this one 21 to 17 21 to 17 a close one for the Patriots I'll take it um so when the season first came the schedule first came out excuse me and we were talking about the floor and ceiling for this Patriots team without Tom Brady I had them as a ceiling of 11 and 5 that's probably the best they do uh, not so much I'm confident in that anymore however one of those five losses at the early onset was at Buffalo I figured they'd split with the Bills this season win at home lose on the road I should stick with that because I picked them to win games and they've gotten just embarrassed. So maybe if I pick them to win, uh, to lose, they'll, they'll win this one. Uh, I think it's going to be another very field goal heavy game. The Patriots seem to do a good job with stopping teams that aren't offensively minded on the, the stretch runs in the red zone. So a lot of field goals on both sides, but I think it's another low scoring kind of ugly game where neither offense can move the ball. And like one big play for Buffalo kind of puts them over the top. So I'm going 15 to 10. Buffalo takes this one. All right. Well, that's going to be an ugly game. Uh, yes. but we'll have all that you need to know about this game pre and post game on patspulpit.com. We'll be breaking it down afterwards. Alec, do you have any final thoughts on week eight of the NFL season? Halfway, buddy. Almost home. Let's finish it strong. Who, baby. Let's hope the Patriots have a much better second half than first half. And until next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See you. All right. Later.